and that we would respond to you, the good news that is being proclaimed today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Happy to be up here, happy to share what the Holy Spirit is doing in my life, but also what the Holy Spirit is teaching us through the book of Acts. We're going to be in Acts chapter 4 today. Uh, But before we start and read the verses, I want to proclaim the good news that in a world where we limit God or we create God in our own image, God is inviting us to join him as he works in ways and with people that we don't always expect. So excited to share that with you today. Let's start off with Acts chapter 4. So if you have a Bible or you can look on the screen as well. So we're going to go in through the first scene here all the way to verse 22. All right, so the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were quietly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if you are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed... Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Then they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. And then pause. There we go. Okay, so they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then confer together. So what are we going to do with these men? They asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign and we cannot, cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in in this name. Then they called them in, in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punch them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. I thought that part was interesting at the end that they throw in, he's 40 years old, like, what does that matter? But anyway, that's good. All right. So as I've been reading this chapter for a long time, trying to figure out what am I going to preach about, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I know it's easy for us to kind of put ourselves in the shoes of Peter and John, like the shoes of the good guys or the protagonists when we're reading the Bible especially, right? But for today, what I want us to do is put ourselves in the shoes of the priests, the leaders of the temple, the Sadducees. And 
just ask ourselves this question, like, so why did they not see God at work? Like, how did they miss that? I mean, wasn't it obvious? Like, there's a person healed, and they, there was proof that a person was healed, right? So, I mean, so that's what I, I want us to ask that question today. How did they not join God at work? And then I want us to apply that to our lives today. Are there times in our life today that we are missing God at work? And what's causing us to miss that? All right? So let's, let's look at that today. Now, what I believe is that we, we expect God to work in different ways based on like maybe how we grew up or our, our beliefs. So we're going to dive in that to a little bit today. So let me start off with the story. So I grew up in a Christian household. I was, um, my dad has been a pastor at the same church, or a youth pastor actually, for 40 years. So that's a long time, right? Uh, especially a youth pastor. Usually those, they, they move on to something else, right? Um, and I grew up in kind of like a Christian bubble. Uh, whenever Katina and I met, we would talk about um, different songs from the 90s. And I would never know this song. I'm like, what song is that? She's like, everyone knows that song. Sometimes I would know like the Christian version of a song. Have you guys ever... <laughs> Like, have you heard that song? There's a story of a squirrel that God saved when he drowned the whole world. Is he, I mean, that's like a completely different song. I'm like, so anyways, this Christian bubble I grew up in. Back to the main story. Now, and um, yeah, like growing up in this Christian bubble, like we had, we heard these themes throughout my life of like, you got to do something big for God, Right? And you got to, uh, don't waste your life. You ever heard that phrase from like the John Piper stuff, right? And none of these are necessarily bad things, right? But that's the mindset I had. And so whenever Katina and I met, we got married, we kind of had that same mindset. So what we would do, we ended up going on trips to Mexico um, to like help people build houses. We went to uh, Peru and we worked at an orphanage a couple summers. We, we wanted to move to Peru. We didn't end up do, doing that. But we wanted to do big things for God, and we wanted to be used by God and have God work through us, right? This was not a bad thing. <laughs> and then, um, we, have, you, have you guys read a book called Irresistible Revolution? Yeah. Oh, you did? Jonathan? Nice. That's a good book, right? So after we read that book, it's by Shane Claiborne. We're like, you know what? We want God to use us in... United States and in New Mexico and Albuquerque specifically. So that's when we moved to, um, yeah, to Albuquerque in 2010. And we had this mindset. We're like, okay, we're going to come to the international district and God's going to work through us to do big things, to transform the evil war zone as we knew it at the time. So it was a little bit scary to us, right? <laughs> and, uh, and God's going to use that time to, to trans use us, right? God's going to work through us transform it <laughs> and so I don't think it was like you know we're consciously thinking this but we're like God's going to use me to do his will and to work through me which is not a bad thing right but I want to share a story that kind of what we the biggest thing we learned while we were at Casa Shalom which is uh, I know the Brocks you still live there right it's an intentional community just right over here and that's where we first lived here for about three years is that the first, the main thing we learned is that God is already at work in the international district. He's already work, at work in other people's lives here and at Casa Shalom, and he's inviting us to join them, even though it might not look what we might expect. So it's not like, not like we're coming to save this place, 
God is inviting us to join him as he's already at work making new creation here, which is really a big thing we learned there. I mean, we're, we're joining people, me coming from this Christian bubble, to people who have a different um, culture, different language, different beliefs, um, different types of jobs. And through that, like, I didn't have, I had certain expectations, but he's teaching me new things. So we got really close to two of our neighbors. They were um, called Francisco and Christina. And Francisco and Christina, we're still close to Francisco to this day. He um, has worked in construction. And um, Christina, she like, like make things and sell them, which was really cool. And Christina, she also had um, hepatitis C. She was really, got really sick from that a lot. She'd always be in and out of the hospital. And um, yeah, you know, one night, we were, Tina and I were already in bed, we were already asleep, and we heard a, a knock on the door. It wasn't always um, unusual to get a knock on the door, but it was unusual to get a knock on the door in the middle of the night. So we're like, oh, we're kind of a little freaked out. What's going on? So we go to open the door, and it's Francisco, and he's... He's really upset. He's like, um, Christina, she, we need, I need your help. We need to take her to the hospital. So we go, we go upstairs in his apartment. We help to carry her down the stairs and carry her to the, to the van that they have. And then we, we take her to the hospital. And we, we, ended up, you know, we visited her a lot throughout those next couple days. And what I really saw is I saw God at work in Francisco's life as he gave her like, just like compassion for Christina and a love for her and just seeing how he took care of her, seeing how he was always in the hospital with her and taking care of her, spending the night there as well. And also learn from Christina to saw God at work in her, in her life, giving her this joy. Um, even though she was going through all this trouble, she was all, like, we would ask her, how, how are you doing, Christina? She would say, como la Fanta. And I was just like, like the Fanta drink. She just would say, like, she loved the Fanta drinks. And she was just saying, life is good, even though she had all these health issues. And we would, Katina and I were uh, teaching at the time. And we would we'd get back from work, really tired. And then pretty much like almost every day, Christina would like, hey, I made some food for you guys. And so every day she'd bring us some food or she'd invite us over. That was the first time we tried um, one of those fish that's still looking at you. And it's just like the eyes are still there. And I'm like, that was, that was freaking me out, right? So I saw God at work in their lives and I, God invited me to join what God's already doing in their life uh, with teaching me about hospitality, teaching me about love and compassion and hard work. And so I think... Like I said before, we first came to Casa Shalom with like this mindset, or to the international district itself, this mindset that we are gonna, God is gonna do great things through us. We're gonna lead worship, we're gonna lead discipleship groups and Bible studies. And we did do some of those things, but really it was more about joining what God was already doing in the lives of people around us at Casa Shalom, the international district, and joining with them. And you know, we're still, friends with Francisco, like I said before, Christina did pass away, sadly. Um, but yeah, just seeing and learning a lot through that experience. So let's go back to the original question. Uh, what prevented the priests and the Sadducees, whatever you call the people at the top, right? They have all different names. Um, what prevented them from seeing and joining God at work? Um, and actually, they actually worked against them. So I think it was a couple of things. And I'll come back to my story in a little bit, how it ties in too. 
So I first, I think it's because they had radically different beliefs, like theological beliefs, than the disciples. So if you remember, you don't have to go back to the verse, but in verse 2, it says they were um, greatly disturbed, or different um, translations say different things, but they were disturbed because they were preaching about the resurrection. So if you guys didn't know, the, um, the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe that it was possible, that it could happen. So they could not fathom that God could work in the lives of Peter and John because they held, had a wrong theological belief. Like, no, that is not possible, right? So they missed God working because they truly thought that they understood God and the disciples did not understand who God was. So they made that judgment, right? Even in the face of evidence, even seeing evidence that someone was healed right in front of them. And if you think about it, they had a position of power, right? As like, they're like literally judging Peter and John. And so they would have to kind of be, have some kind of humbleness to listen to people who have a different um, theological belief than they do, right? Um, a recent study by Nicholas Epley from the University of Chicago has found that when religious Americans, so us, right, try to infer the will of God, they mainly draw on their own beliefs. And, so, and also the study showed that if you change somebody's beliefs, you also change their view of what God's will is, which is interesting. So what ends up happening is that we create God in our own image based on how we grew up, what our beliefs are, what our culture is. That's how we think what God looks like, what God believes, what God, how God will act in the world, right? And so we're limiting God. You know, instead of looking to Jesus as who God is, as a representation of God, looking to Jesus in the Bible for who God is, we look at our own beliefs. And think that's what God believes too, right? Even in my own life, as my theological beliefs have changed, as I've grown up, matured maybe, maybe dematured if that's a word, who knows, right? Um, what hasn't changed though is my, you know, sadly my judgment of other people who have different beliefs. So like, like it just doesn't make sense, right? Well, now I've got it right. I was wrong when I was a kid. You know, when I'm like, last year I was wrong. Yesterday I was wrong, but no. Now I've got it and everyone else is wrong, right? <laughs> so that's, that's, that doesn't change, right? And, but God is calling us to see what he is doing in other people, maybe despite their beliefs and maybe despite our beliefs too, right? Because <laughs> who knows, maybe we're not right either. Um, he cares more about a relationship with us than he cares what we believe with our heads. Now, I don't want you to get this the wrong way. I think beliefs are actually super important and wrong beliefs can be actually dangerous you know, for a church, right? But we need to believe, remember that beliefs do not limit God and we're not creating God in our own image. I was listening to a podcast by Gravity Leadership and they interviewed someone who wrote a book. It was like a thick book where they documented I wouldn't say all the miracles, but as many miracles as they can find that were documented as these are actual miracles by God, right? And they asked the author, what surprised you the most as you were doing your research? And he said, well, you know, honestly, sometimes I would look up, you know, I would figure out, like, find a miracle, and I would look up where the, this miracle happened and who it happened with, and I would ask God, like, 
why did you choose to work with this denomination or these people? They believe this, but you're still working with them, right? And so he would, but he really like reflected and like thought about like, how am I limiting God? Because I think that they are wrong and I am right. So I want us to ask ourselves this question. Are, where are we missing God because of beliefs that we have that we think are perfect and infallible? All right, where are we missing God working in certain organizations? All right, are we missing God or working with people who are just different than you theologically? Are you, not, are you hesitant to work with people in different denominations, different theological beliefs? Or one that's easier and a little bit harder to think about, are you just using language that others people based on their beliefs kind of creates like an us versus them so like an easy example would be like politically just like oh those are republicans those are democrats leftists right socialist communist marxist right all those type of names that group people like that you makes them seem other than you right or it could be um using us versus them language for theological beliefs even too right just I think the, the calling groups denominations are like Protestants, Catholics, atheists, agnostics. You're othering people instead of actually listening and talking to them. All right. So first, where are you missing God at work because of beliefs that you have that you feel like are infallible? Next, I also think the, the Sadducees miss God at work because of prejudice. Uh, if you remember when it said in verse 13 that they were astonished or surprised that, that these spe- people were speaking like this because they were common and educated men. So they didn't really expect God to be working through these people because, of, because they had prejudice, right? So I want you to think in your life, who are people that you assume God is not at work with because they are different? So if you remember back to my story when Tina and I moved over here I don't think these were I hope I mean they weren't conscious thoughts but I know I had some prejudice that I had to work through and I'm still working through right just going into a different city into working with people from a different culture with different beliefs different backgrounds I had to work through some prejudice there and I think what it comes down to is just taking that time to listen and reflect and pray to God. So like it says in Psalm 139, 23 through 24, it says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So I think it takes that time to sit down with God and pray to him and like ask God, hey, can you search my thoughts? Search my ways. Where are there ways that I have prejudice? Because I think it's really hard for us to notice it in ourselves unless we actually take the time to reflect and, and have God search our heart. And I also think the best way to, to find and to like get past prejudice is to listen and truly listen. So if you think about it, I don't, I know the priests or the, the Sadducees, Sadducees in this case were listening, but not really with an open heart, right? And I think it takes us that time to seek out people who are different from us, seek out people who are being oppressed, people on the margins of society, and just listen and let them talk. Let them tell us their story, and that will help us get past um, prejudice as well.
So again, ask yourself, who are people that you assume God is not working in because they are, they're different than you? They, maybe they grew up different, different culture. A couple examples, it could be um, family members, because they're different, you know, black sheep of the family kind of thing. could be children. Sometimes in my life, it's hard to like see God at work in my kids because they frustrate me, you know, driving me crazy. could be parents of kids that you fostered or adopted from. could be people of the opposite gender, different race, color of skin. Um, yeah, and again, I can go on with different examples, but it's just taking the time today just to reflect and listen to the Holy Spirit and like what he's putting on your heart of where you're missing God at work in people's lives. All right, next, the, and we'll get the video ready. <laughs> All right, next, I think that the Sadducees were not actually looking for God at work, or they weren't even expecting God to be at work. And I think this happens in our life all the time. So if you guys ever got an autopilot, like driving to work, and you just drive to work, and all of a sudden you get there, like, wow, how did I get here? I don't even remember driving. <laughs> I think we do that in life, too. And in life, we're, we're just going throughout life, and we're not like looking expectantly for God to be at work. So we're going to watch a quick one-minute video to test this with us. And what, there's no, we're not going to be any audio, but we don't need audio. And your goal is you're just going to see if you can see how many times the team with the white jerseys passed the basketball. See if you guys can guess it right, or not guess it, see what it is right, right. I get 13? But did you see the moonwalking bear? I'll watch it again. We'll see if you can see the moonwalking bear. He, he's, he's got a little, it's not a real bear, so don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, look out for cyclists. That's the point in the sermon, so let me walk out. <laughs> now, yeah, so we don't see what we're not looking for, right? So if you're not looking for God at work all around you, you're going to miss it, just like you're going to miss the moonwalking bear. Oh, we got lights, thanks. <laughs> and it reminds me, of the other day, Katina and I were talking in the car, and she was saying, it's, oh, it's so easy to get stuck thinking that God is asking me to do something huge for him every day to go out to Central and to you know, talk to people about Jesus and to feed them and to bring them home. And like, she would go on and on. But she said, God is, when I talk to God and I listen to him, he's actually asking me to, to rest in him and to see that God is at work in my family right now, in my kids, and, I need, and he's asking me to join him right there. And it's easy to miss that if we're thinking, we're not expecting God to work in my life that way. We're expecting only God to work in this certain way that we're used to, and that was kind of related to our Christian subculture we grew up with, right? So we're not expecting God to work and want me to 
work in just the mundane part of life with our kids, but that's what he's asking us to do right now. And I thought that was perfect. And I was like, Tina, can I use that for my sermon? She said, yes. <laughs> and I think God is inviting you to join him right now. It may just not look like what you expect. Okay? Um, just like these disciples, they sat in front of the priests and were judged just like Jesus was. And Jesus, who ultimately is our judge, right? He was judged because of his background, because of being from Galilee, because of his poverty, and because of his beliefs. And he was ultimately killed because he didn't fit people's expectations for how God will work in this world and with whom he would work with, right? They had created God in their own image. Like, this is how, what God should be, this is what God should look like, this is what, how God should act. But he shattered that, right? But, right, because Jesus lived a perfect life, and like the verses we read in verse 11, it said, the stone the builders rejected has now become the capstone. And because Jesus was judged in our place, because he conquered sin and he conquered death, because of that, now he is at work right now within all of us in new creation. He's at work in an international district making new creation. I like the name of our church, right? Um, in all places and in all people in ways that we don't expect. So God wants to invite you to join him as he works in people all around you, the lives of your neighbors, your families and organizations. Will you listen to him and will you join him? So we're going to sing now. And I want you to take a, well, maybe not right now, but in like a minute. I want you to take a couple minutes and listen to the Holy Spirit. And he will be speaking to you. And just remember, just to think about where am I missing God at work in my life? Maybe because of prejudice, because of how I grew up in different culture and my beliefs. Or maybe just because it's right in front of me and I'm just missing it. Where am I missing God? And where can you join God right now? It might be counterculture to how you grew up.